What is up, my friends? Welcome to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where I interview incredible fathers, gaining wisdom from their stories for you and I to grow in our craft. I'm your guide, Ned Shout, father to five kiddos, currently ages 8 to 15, and husband to my rad wife, Sarah, working on our 17th year of marriage. So yep, I'm in the thick of it, the adventure of fatherhood, and I am working daily to rebel against the low expectations for fathers and create a world where fatherhood matters. You and I have the greatest opportunity to impact our world through the way we embrace our fatherhood role. I believe the role of the father is to serve, guide, provide, protect, and have fun in the messiness of it all. Today's guest is Ryan Walton. He has an inspiring Instagram called Daring to Dad. Check it out. Our conversation is very rich. We get deep into the freedom that comes from taking responsibility and ownership and not living as a victim. He is rebelling against blaming anything other than himself for his choices and inspiring others to do the same, to not blame outside sources for the decisions that we make. From that, from that rebellion, we get to create impact, influence, and effectiveness, which is what you and I want as fathers. I gained incredible insight and had several ahas, and I'm very excited for you to hear them and implement them in your own life. Enjoy this conversation. All right, here we go. We're already laughing, getting ready to talk fatherhood with big old smiles on our face because this is one of the most important and life-giving roles that we have. So I'm excited to welcome Ryan Walton on the uh, Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. What's up, Ryan? What's up, brother? So good to be here. Glad we're finally able to connect. Yeah, man. I know, like we said, we our paths have crossed a few times, a few messages here on there on Instagram, and I love all the content you put out. But uh, this is the first time we've got to meet and talk fatherhood and share that with uh, other like-minded dads. So looking forward to it. Yeah, it's great. And we're just like up the road from each other. We're not uh, we're not far away here in NorCal. I know, not too far yet. Here we find ourselves still talking on a screen. But here yeah. we are. <laughs> there we go. Um, all right. So yeah. to help people get to know you a little bit, we'll just uh, rapid fire a few things. How old are you today? I am 39. I turned 40 this year, man. It's a wild time. It's a wild yeah. time, but 40 is on the cusp. How do you feel about yeah. it? How do you feel about turning 40? I, I mixed. I mean, there's a lot of things that, you know, get me excited about kind of, you know, second half of life type stuff and wisdom, integration, all that good stuff. But, yeah. you know, 40 is a, um, yeah, that, that time is already here. It's like, wow, I'm 40. Sometimes I don't feel 40. I feel, I feel, I feel younger, which maybe that's a good thing. Maybe yeah. that's a good thing. But uh, um, yeah, it's approaching. No matter yeah. what, I, no matter how I feel about it. For sure. I'm at that stage, you know, like it's coming and friends are turning 40. And it's not that I'm like, dude, I'm stoked. I, I don't, it doesn't really matter. I think what you said resonates with me the most. It's like, it's here already. You know, like you, you know, 10 right. years ago, you looked at it as being so far away Yet yeah. you feel like about the, I mean, you don't feel the same because you grew as a human being, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting. So mm-hmm. almost 40, how many years you've been married? So my partner and I, we've been together. We're going to be celebrating 15 years in July. Yeah, we were, we were pups when we got married, but uh, here we are 15 years later. Yeah. And how many kiddos of the two you have? So I got, I have two kids. I have a, um, an eight year old. And a soon-to-be four-year-old. Okay, and any yeah. any more any more coming on the coming down, or is he sticking with nope, you? Nope, 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 nope. Uh, no more. We're, we're, we're <laughs> that was a lot of no's. <laughs> That's a lot of no's. It's a lot of no's. <laughs> right on four and eight. Yeah, I've okay. made I've made I've made sure of that, man. I've got I, I went under the knife a couple years ago. We said after our our, our second one, uh, we made we made that decision pretty permanent. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, vasectomy stories, solid. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, and then, uh, what do you do for a living currently? Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I have a nine to five. You know, and I I, I run um, yeah digital content and social media for a large corporation. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my, my nine to five, so I'm in the social media digital content world, and um, also I. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a coach, and so I work with I work with men uh, primarily around uh, fatherhood 
masculinity, uh, the, these types of topics. Um, I also work with people around um, spiritual deconstruction and um, kind of their, their spiritual lives. And that's a recent venture for me. That's kind of a, a journey back into working with people and healing work. So I'm work, I work with clients and facilitate groups um, as a coach uh, on the side as well. Okay. So, just so those are, those are, that's kind of what I'm up to. Mm-hmm. Love it. Okay. So I know we're not really going to fully dive into that, but just to take two little side paths, mm-hmm. let's, let's do that real quick. So if, yeah. when you say, okay, I'm a coach and I, and I, I coach men, where would a man find himself that then he would go, I want to have somebody come alongside and walk with me for a season of life. So, you know what I'm asking? And I'm going to ask the same question for the spiritual, right? Because there's so yeah. many different things you could go. I'm a, I'm a masculinity coach. Okay. Well, why is somebody going to come to Ryan Mm-hmm. And where do they find themselves that they would mm-hmm. then pursue something like that? Uh, that's a good question. And I think for a lot of men in particular, particularly, um, they're finding themselves stuck. They're finding themselves unable to, they, they've reached their own uh, uh, limits. Mm. They have no longer, they realize that they no longer have the resources and it's beginning to impact their lives professionally, relationally, spiritually, whatever. And, um, a lot of times, uh, you know, they're, they'll, they'll come across, they'll be on the, in, on social media somewhere and they'll find content that myself or someone else puts out there that they, that they connect with protect, perhaps it's a particular, uh, story. Um, perhaps it's a particular experience that I share. Uh, maybe it's my stage of life or background. Um, it's interesting the way that, that people find you and connect yeah, with yeah. you um, uh, really vary. Um, so, and the, then when the, when the time is right and, you know, people are ready to go, they, they make that connection. A lot of times it starts out, it's not just like a, Oh, I found this guy. I'm going to do a coach. A lot of times those things come after a conversation. Someone will send me a DM. Oh man, I really relate to that. Oh, tell me, tell me more about that. The conversation comes up and all of a sudden, Hey, I could use someone who, um, walks with me down the road for, um, a season of life. Um, so yeah, for a, a lot of different, uh, reasons, I think we're also seeing more and more that for men getting help and asking for help is becoming destigmatized. Mm-hmm. There's so there is some of that, but uh, men reaching out to other men for help in men's communities, men's work is a really beautiful budding community of people, uh, and it's an important topic. And I think men are um, seeing the benefit of that kind of work. So whether yeah. it's coaching or whether it's therapy, anything like that, that um, that's important. Cool. A lot of times, you know, for, you, know, the, the, you know, there might be certain topics. You know, I I tend to focus a lot on you know young dads. Uh, men who've come from certain backgrounds. Um, and so some of those times it's, it's people who connect with those things as well. Yeah. So same question, just out of curiosity, you know, so if mm-hmm. I'm, if, if when it comes to the spirituality side, is mm-hmm. it that I feel like I've been burned somewhere, hurt somewhere, uh, stuck somewhere? Like, talk to me about that same kind of like, where am I on this path that I go? I can't, not that I, I don't want to do this alone, you know, and maybe mm-hmm. I don't want to talk yeah. to, you know, somebody in my inner circle. Mm-hmm. I get that a lot. I get um, people here, you know, I was a, I worked as a pastor, you know, I, mm-hmm. I grew up in the evangelical church in the eighties and nineties and um, did kind of full-time vocational ministry. I went to a Christian college and right out of college, took a job as a pastor and went right into it. Um, and having kind of walked away from that particular way of, of showing up in the world. Um, I tell that story a lot and there's just a, other people have been on that road as well. There has been a shifting of um, not just belief, but that a lot of times values are tied to those beliefs. And when you have shifting beliefs and values and it's something that you've held for your entire life, it can really feel disruptive. And that disruption makes its way through a lot of aspects of your life. You know, for me, it was not just spiritually, it was mentally, emotionally, it was relationally and socially, it was financial and vocational for me. So that ripple effect 
moved throughout my entire life. And it felt like the rug got pulled out from under me. And that's a scary thing for a lot of people to say, wow, this thing that I've really held onto for a long time, I'm going to let go of that. That's a, that's a really, really powerful thing. And so when you're in that place and you're going through some of those things and you're all of a sudden finding yourself, oh my gosh, this, this friends group I have, or, Hey, I'm, I'm now like, you know, my mother's not talking to me anymore because I'm not going to church. All these types of things, you know, these are just examples of stuff that comes up. Um, people feel purpose, purposelessness and yeah, right. identity, know, they, identity. Oh my gosh. All that kind of stuff, especially yeah. for like the, a lot of the men I work, there's the identity in, in the certain thing. And where do I fit in the world? Where's my place now? Yeah. Um, to have someone kind of walk through and, and help you uh, through a process of, of deconstruction and reconstruction and, Finding some new, giving you maybe, uh, possibly some new language and some tools to be able to walk that road can be really important. So, nice man, I yeah. love it. That sounds like good work, and 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 I love too. It's like, yeah, you got the nine to five, but this is a pat, you know, passion for you, and it's important, and and you're finding a way to to share your story with others. So so love it, man, killer. Mm-hmm. When you think about being a father, you know, you have an eight and four year old. So you've gone through a couple of stages. Um, mm-hmm. What have you found to be the best resource to you? And maybe not just parenting, right? Not just parenting resource, but resource to you as a father. Yeah, definitely therapy, I'm a therapist, a coach, uh, the w- wisdom of the elders, you know, people who have are down the road have, have gone before me. Um, I think that's it. That's it. But, you know, um, I, fatherhood hit me hard. And how so? Uh, uh, I was not as good at it as I thought I'd be. Like I, I had, I had, I had visions of myself as as a dad. I had this kind of, you know, um, image of who I thought I would be as a dad, and oh, this just like you know, patient and wise and kind uh-huh. and giving and loving, and I had all these things. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, my son was born and came onto the scene, and like all of my stuff just came up to the surface. Uh, just was a huge mirror into my own, my, how selfish that I really was, how impatient that I was and all these things just bubbled up. And I was like, Oh my goodness. And it was very hard. I had to really, really confront in a lot in myself. And that's where I got started really online. You know, I had this kind of daring to dad space and all this. And people always ask like, Oh, you know, why did you get started there? I'll tell you why I got started. I got started because fatherhood, was hard and I was scared. Yeah. I was scared. And I, and for me, I just started, I was like, maybe if I just shout out that I was scared, maybe someone would, would echo would answer back. And so I just started writing about my fatherhood journey, started sharing about it. And sure enough, people began to connect and, Oh wow. Like you had all these kind of me too conversations and, um, and connections with different men going through stuff. And that's kind of how it blossomed, but it started out by honestly, just a scared guy who is new into fatherhood and my, my marriage was crumbling and early on. And I was, I was a mess. I was a mess. And so I have just realized that like nothing else that, you know, parenting um, and fatherhood is so much about my own work and my own formation as a person my own healing as a person, my own awareness as a man. Um, and so the greatest resources for me are spaces where I can work through that, that I can be reflected back and I can walk with other people who are helping me become more awake, more aware, more in tune um, with myself. Man, and that what, translates into the way that I, I, um, I parent my, my kids. Yeah. Yeah. So man, so much, so much there to, to think about. Um, but let's just dig, dig into this one thing is you said wisdom of the elders. So we're talking about resource. You said wisdom of the elders. Yeah. Um, 
and this idea that you're not supposed to do it alone. You had this mm-hmm. expectation maybe that you would just naturally, it would just be there. Yeah. So mm-hmm. why, why do you think, you know, in your work with dudes and work on yourself, why do you think so many men show up thinking that we're supposed to do it alone? Because if we look back over history, there's more of this, you know, closer family, live in a village, you know, men out hunting, talking, fire together. Um, and you're learning from those, but now we're so isolated that it seems as though we just show up thinking we're supposed to know it, do it, figure out ourselves. And that's not the case. So Mm. why do you think so many men feel alone and isolate themselves and not admit that this is hard and then try to get wisdom from the elders? Yeah, I think that I, those are great questions. And I think that's a really important question of our time. And especially mm. when we're having these conversations around men and um, why so many of us fall prey to um, a, a rugged individualism that says, you know, just s- stand alone, be a, be a, be a lone warrior, a, lo- yeah. be a lone, be a, a lone wolf type of mentality. And that by somehow asking for help, you're surrendering your power. You mm. see that, you know, because yeah. a lot of guys do, we, we ask a, a help asking for help means weakness. Asking for help means surrendering um, something that you don't, that you don't have it figured out. Um, and, and then that being a sign of, of weakness. Um, and somewhere along the line, we, we fell prey to this message um, about this, uh, having it all, having it all together. Uh, I'm sure that there's a lot of psychologists and sociologists that would have some answers for you that stem from both individual psychology, but also collective psychology um, and um, systemic type of things and kind of the kind of hyper-capitalist culture that we live in. I think there's a lot to a lot of those things. I don't know if it's just like, it's never, <laughs> this is another thing I'm learning, it's never just one thing. It's a right. combination of a lot of things right. that bring us to this place. I mean, even our even our our faith, right? You and I probably come from these backgrounds where faith is all about someone's personal relationship. Correct. It's this individualized relationship. And um, while there are obviously communal aspects, the real core thing was about this, like, you know, all about this individuality and what you do. And so there's a lot of that, I think, in our culture. And I think you might find it even it's different, you know, talking to men here in America versus other places too, you'll find some similar things. Um, but I think that's a, the, the issue that you bring up, I think is actually something that's more unique to the West. Hmm. All right. So next question to that then. So when you're confronted, you know, I love that image of when fatherhood hit me, I'm looking at a mirror learning, Mm -hmm. whoa, this is a lot of things about myself that I, if I'm just out to live on my own, I don't have to deal with. They're fine. Mm-hmm. I could be as selfish as I want to be. And even mm-hmm. in your marriage, you know, you kind of mentioned because you, you had been married uh, almost like six, seven years before you had your first kid. Yeah. So, but even in that, like we could be a little selfish still because there's nothing like really sucking all of our time and energy like a kid or a baby mm-hmm. does. So let me ask you this. With that in mind, when you're confronted with that, what made you want to confront it and look in the mirror versus, you know what, I'm just going to be a kind of like face, you know, face value dad. And I'm going to find my identity and work and other things outside of this home. What, what made you confront that and get the therapy and the coach and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. What did uh, make me get, I would, I'd say a couple of things. One is one thing that I do really value my upbringing and where I come from. Um, you know, I have, I have a mom and brother who are both therapists. Okay. And, uh, that's always been a valued practice, um, is to speak to someone, speak to an expert who can help us mine our emotional depths and capacities. I'm also really grateful for the upbringing. And there are some really great things about the church that was, talking about what was happening in your life, Mm. seeking out, you know, personal health and growth. These are all things that were really, really important. Um, My just desire to do well by my children and to be better. Um, Yeah. 
So as you say that, okay, so the upbringing, let's just take the, the, the mm-hmm. family therapist and then the, the church. Yeah. Do you uh-huh. think it stems from a core value that I have a problem or that I'm a growth minded person, right? Yeah. Which one of those? And I know we could probably like mull around, but, but for you, what resonates more is of those two things? Uh, that's a good question. And it made a good distinction. I think it probably is a combination of both, not just one, uh, yeah. probably both, both of those things. Um, yeah. I, I also think too, in reflecting back on my early days of fatherhood and becoming a dad and, and how difficult that was, I think also think there was this expectation that's out there, right? Uh, there, yeah. that there, there's these, Oh, I'm expected to, I want to be this great dad and a great dad is always patient and loving and always wants to play with his kids and always wants to do what they want to do. And always, and like, I was like, Oh, sometimes I don't want to do that. <gasps> I must be, I must be terrible. And there was no right. one even there kind of saying, actually, that's really normal. And you need your own space. You should actually take care of yourself. It's okay right. that like, you don't want to play with your kids sometimes. <laughs> it's actually okay yeah. that they really, really get on your nerves. Like I, and I didn't, you know, that wasn't happening for me as well. So um, I think that there was a combination of both of those things, but that is the gift of relationship, right? That's, that is the gift that relationships can um, offer to us, whether it's marriage or uh, parenting, you know, whatever kind of parental relationship or, you know, even close friendships offer us is this mirror back to ourselves and this gift of opportunity to see ourselves reflected and to find out, oh my gosh, like, oh wow, like, I didn't realize I was so selfish. Let me get curious about that. Yeah. And it offers us just this chance to explore ourselves more, to get to know ourselves more, and to peel back these layers, right? Because that was really hard for me. But it gave me this chance, this time to say, okay, wow, I wasn't aware of these things. It woke me up, right? It woke me up in a really powerful way. And I'm just really glad that I had uh, the resources and the opportunity to be around people who helped me explore those questions. Um, and it's not over. It's something that is yeah. always happening. Right. It's, oh, it, so, yeah. Yeah. I think that's been my big, you know, my big aha the last couple of years is that there, you know, this whole growth and, and, and being a great dad, there's zero destination. It is 100% just embracing this mm-hmm. journey of growth. But I think you make a really important point, And that is you're digging into yourself and allowing yourself to look in the mirror, not just for your own sake, but for your kids. And I think some guys might be going, oh, well, I don't have time to be a growth person or read a book or go to therapy because I just have to be a dad. But you're going to like blow up and not be a great dad if you're not also mm-hmm. working on yourself. So that seems like yeah. really important to you to sh- to help men grow and yourself to to grow. Like, So talk about growth with me because ta- talk mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. I mean, growth happens a lot of different ways. I think it's just really about um, our own uh, really figuring out and journey to the truth, journey to the, a journey to the truth of who we are, a journey to the truth of our experience. And growth is, I would say, confronting our ego which sometimes ego is like, like a $5 word sometimes for people. So like, and this ego is this, um, who we think we are Mm -hmm. because we are these constructs of all these different belief system. And and from where you were born to who raised you, the town you grew up in, all these different cultural things have kind of built this thing that we call our personality. Yeah. Right. And Growth is really exploring that, getting curious, right? And being able to peel back the layers to understand some of these things and somehow find this energy that's underneath those layers, right? Um, I, I think that's growth. I think that's spirituality. You know, I define spirituality as anything that expands us and expands our understanding of ourself, others, the divine, the world around us. So I think growth is actively pursuing um, that, um, that way. And so growth is, 
it is it is emotional it's mental it's spiritual it's physical it's all these things kind of happening and understanding more of who we are yeah so so to dig into this a little bit mm-hmm. in a sense like our our culture is uh a bit obsessed with progress a bit obsessed with growth but for personal gain so do you mm-hmm. make a distinction that your purpose for growth isn't i'm going to be the 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 biggest fish in the pond around me, the smartest guy mm-hmm. at the room. Like I'm not hearing any of that, but I really want yeah. dudes to get it that this isn't about me becoming an elite. Like, I don't know. I don't want to knock on any personal development stuff. Cause there's a lot of great stuff out there, but it's not just to be mm-hmm. the best or better than anybody else. <laughs> it's more for the sake of others as mm-hmm. well. Like what's the distinction between those two things? Yeah. I mean, no doubt. No, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, um, especially like in the social media space, there's a lot of like performative self-understanding. Right. Um, and you know, why are, why are we doing this? And every person is going to have to like answer that for themselves, you know, like the wellness industry is kind of, you know, blowing up and, and all this, but I guess at the end of the day, everyone has to confront themselves as like, how do you want to do this one thing that you get? Like you get one, you get one of these lives. This life. Yeah. 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 You got to practice one. And then the real one, (laughs) you get, you get, you get one of these things. That's gnarly to put it like that. Like this is it. Like you and I are spending a few minutes of our lives talking to each other about this thing. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. It's crazy when you when you pause yeah. and go, dude. This is a this is a day in my life. What the heck mm-hmm. am I doing? Where am I going? Yeah, yeah. And so, like, yeah. And and to your question about like, man, am I am I growing this so that I can like crush it and like crush the competition and like blow? I think, hey, cool. If that really is you living into your authentic self, and you're not doing it because you feel like you have to crush everything else because of some sort of deficit in your life, mm, like yeah, if you're exploring that, if and you're being authentic about that exploration, and you're being that's a genuine curiosity, and, and people that are coming around, and you're in spaces where you know where people are helping sharpen you, and other men are calling you out, you know, and and you're making those efforts, and you still like if that's where you go, hey, that's great. So I'm not, it's not kind of a one size like fits all for everybody, but I guess it's a, you know, I would define this growth as this journey to get to know um, like who we are and to find something in us. And I, and I don't know, I mean, there's a lot of talk out there about like, you know, is there such a thing as the essential self or are we like this kind of like, you know, mad scientists, you know, in, in a lab with beakers and finding this right combination of different kinds of things that work out for us in the world. I don't know. Um, it's, a, th- those are fun conversations to explore, yeah. but, um, yeah, I think it's about ourselves and us living this one life to the most full that we can and, um, and holding space for others to do the same. Yeah. 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 Oh man. Okay. So my next question was going to be, uh, what have you learned about yourself and being a father? But we pretty much attacked mm-hmm. that through the same question. So what I'm going to yeah. ask you now is, you know, the podcast is fatherhood field notes and we're already doing it. I mean, you're open up your field notes, you're sharing your life with us. And the mantra mm-hmm. behind the whole thing is this idea of rebel and create. Mm-hmm. And I think as men, you know, we do have a bit of a warrior fighter in us and it doesn't necessarily yeah. have to look like the, you know, I'm the provider and the protector, you know, great, but that can come in a lot of shapes and forms. Um, but when you think about rebel and create, what is something that you are rebelling against fighting against Mm. tearing something down, rebelling against the status quo, and then not just for the sake of, you know, throwing a brick or whatever, but you're creating something out of the bricks that you're tearing down. So what are you rebelling Mm. against and what are you creating out of that? Yeah, I had to, you know, think on this question. Um, and I'll, I'll just share something that I'm rebelling against in this, in this time in my life, in this season, right? Because yeah. I think this is, this is, this changes from time to time, depending for on sure. kind of what's coming up for me and what's happening. Um, I am really working on being a man who takes ownership and responsibility. Mm. Um, 
I've realized that you know I spent a, a, a while being a my, my coach would say this. Uh, yeah, I am like I'm a what happened to me? Oh, I'm this way because of all these things that I went through about because of the way that I was I was treated this way by this person, and so I have this tendency to be the this thing happened to me in this job, and I realized that I was living so often as a victim. Mm. I'm late to work because of, oh, my alarm and then the traffic and then, oh, my boss and then my job and all these things. And so one of my practices right now is, and even taking it as a practice to the extreme is taking full ownership. I am no longer like a a victim or a what happened to me. I am taking ownership of the way that I am showing up in my behavior, my actions. Uh, because when I do that, when I can begin to take ownership, I I all of a sudden reclaim my ability to have influence. Ah, uh, let me. So yeah, so let me give you an example. Yeah, this this may sound like an, an extreme way to approach it, but this is literally something that's helping me. The kids say, "Daddy, let's play a game." And typically, what we might say is, "Sorry, Daddy has to work." What did I just do? I said, daddy has to work. Daddy is beholden to this thing, right? I am, uh, oh, daddy has to work. I I have to go to work. Now, sorry, buddy. I know you want to play your video game now, but you have to go to school, right? What if I began speaking differently about that? Let's say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working or I have the opportunity to work or, hey, you know what? I, uh, you know, I'm going to choose work right now. Because what happens is, for me, that's creating a mindset, right? I actually do get to choose the work I want to do, you know, and choose where I want to be. And I have chosen that. And those are small things and practices I'm doing in my life to be and to really set in this idea of ownership. So I'm rebelling against the idea that, like, I am somehow a victim in life or um, I'm in a uh, make something else responsible for how I'm showing up. Right. Cause then by doing that, if I see that I can, I'm owning that, I have the ability to make an impact on it as well. So if I'm always saying like, I have to go to, I have to go to work. I'm, I'm almost like this, um, this victim of the situation. But if I say I'm choosing this, all of a sudden I've kind of reclaimed my power, my power to choose it, my power to choose something else. Should I want to do that? My power to move within it. So reclaiming power in that way of taking responsibility and ownership. Ryan, this is super powerful. So as you told me the story of the kid coming to you, mm-hmm. it, yeah. it, you know, my first, my first, what I heard first was, you know, obviously you're like, daddy has to work. So I was thinking about it from the kid's perspective, right? So I put myself in the kid's perspective. So I hear my dad say, I have to work, which we've all said, right? I have yeah. to work. But then, but then I also heard it from the kid's perspective when you said, dad's choosing work right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, we could dive into that, what, what what that means to the kid or not. That is a reality, yeah. right? Yeah. At, at a certain, mm-hmm. we are also teaching our, our sons and daughters, like there is a time for certain things. Mm-hmm. But then it like clicked for me that it wasn't so much about the kid hearing it. It was mm-hmm. more about you hearing it, your belief mm-hmm. about it. And that's where the yeah. like aha light bulb went off. Mm-hmm. Was that I mean, one, when you say when you say dad has to work, you're putting yourself as the victim to this thing. You are not mm-hmm. in control of your life. Mm-hmm. It's not about your kid. This is about you. Mm-hmm. And you're you're basically you're basically choosing to be a slave when you use that language. Yeah. Yeah. Now work might be the thing that needs to happen right now, but when you say dad has the privilege to work right now, okay. Or dad's going to choose to work right now. Even if you want to add so that then we can Mm -hmm. go to, you know, the park all day, Saturday or Friday, whatever. Um, I love it, man, because our language is so powerful and we don't even realize yeah, the mindset that we're in because we say words every day, all day, mm-hmm. 
that we have not necessarily chosen to say. They just have become yeah. a part of us. So when you become aware, it's kind of gnarly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for them too, I'm teaching them that they have choices, right? And we have, obviously we have follow conversation. Hey, you know, um, I'll talk to my son. You, you, do you know why, why daddy works? And what, and what, do you, do you know what I, what I do? Do you know what I'm up to? And like, and as they get older, there's more of a aware, but you give them a choice too, saying, Hey, I'm not just raising you to be like this kind of obedient, you know, servant of the system or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Like you, you have the power to choose that too. And you have the power to make those choices. And so when I hear them say, Hey, I'm going to choose this right now. I, okay, great. And so, and so like when they, then they have the ability to say, Hey, I want, I want to choose something. Now, obviously we have conversation because they're, they're kids and they're obviously under, you know, this house and we have to talk about, you know, limitations and boundaries and all that. But, um, I, I think that that's been really helpful, but you're right. In, in since it's actually me saying that is more for me in those moments, it has benefits for them, but it's well, more which for me. Then is- them right because mm-hmm. you're you're choosing choosing mm-hmm. to take control of your life right you chose that job you chose that you know but yeah. we act so much like we don't and it just another big aha for me was how my kids will sometimes say like oh we got to mm-hmm. go to school yeah. or hey how was school today oh it was school and us allowing them and because we do it ourselves saying like yeah i had to yeah. work today yeah it's monday yeah. sucks um yeah. we are we are creating, I want to say almost like passive sheep people that aren't yeah. taking responsibility and mm-hmm. it's always the buck, somebody else's problem. So even with school, it's like to teach our kids in the morning, Hey, let's just all acknowledge I'm choosing to go to work and you're choosing to go to school. we be like, no, this isn't my choice. No, you you're choosing it. But to, to have that yeah. language all of a sudden, has them taking responsibility. It's not the world happening to them. It's them choosing mm-hmm. to go out. And then hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully, and this is the thing you said at the beginning that's so awesome is when you do that, then you have influence. Yeah. Dude, I was so, quick story. So a, a year ago this week, a year I got one of those, you know, social media like, hey, this happened to you a year ago things. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it was, you know, beginning of the pandemic. And when the pandemic first started out, I mean, we were like, all right, we're going to own this. We had like color coded charts for the kids. I mean, we were like all over it and we were were, like super parents. And I was like, I had this like workout routine and I was just like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to beat this pandemic. And a couple of weeks into it, um, I, I threw out my back like two times in about 48 oh, hours oh, man. Like, and I was in excruciating pain and I was, I'm, I was just laid up on my bed, like unable to move. So already yeah, on could, lockdown we were, and then already on lockdown, already shelter in place. <laughs> I, you can't go to your house. I can't even get out of my bed. Like uh, my wife is like having to help me like go to the bathroom. Like it was just. I mean, it was powerless. It felt, I felt humiliated. Mm. I was like, what's going on? And uh, so I'm talking to like uh, my coach on the phone and uh, I'm kind of telling him about kind of what's going on. And he says to me, he goes, Hey man, uh, I, I'm going to have a question for you and you're not going to like it. <laughs> That's always the best way to start out. <laughs> so he goes, he's like, so he's like, how did you choose this? I was like, uh, what? <laughs> He's like, how did you choose this? I'm like, all right, well, I'll, pl- I'll, I'll play your game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, well, you know, um, I know I probably haven't been stretching as well before maybe some workouts. Um, you know, maybe I haven't been working out my back, you know, as much and strengthening. He's like, okay, that, that, that probably that may be part of it. But I want to know, like, like, how did you choose this? Like, he kept on kind of pounding away at it. And through some prodding in that conversation, here's what I realized. I was not acknowledging how stressful mm. this was for me. I was not acknowledging my fear. I was not, 
I was not allowing my rage. I was not, I was just trying to manage. I was trying to beat it. I was trying to win and I was pushing everything down. You know, I was just trying to, I was trying to make sure everybody around me was taken care of. Like, you know, Atlas trying to hold up the world. Yeah. yeah. And what it did, it just, my body said, nope. It was my body, you know, and I, I'm such a believer in, 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 well, I have not always, but I've come into a much more uh, beautiful relationship with my body. And it was just my body speaking out. My body telling me, hey, you got to slow down. Yeah, you're, you're, you're not. Down. You're not. Yeah, yeah. You're not paying. You're not paying attention. And it was in that mm. moment, laid up on my bed, that I realized, oh, like, I did choose that. I did choose to ignore it. And by claiming it, by claiming mm. my my um, my choice into it, I also now have the power to choose something different. I am not just a victim. I'm not a victim of my body. Right. Yeah. Um, it's a powerful, it's a powerful, powerful thing. And I think it's a big part of, um, for a lot of men, um, the journey to manhood, right. And the, and the initiation into manhood is an ownership and a taking responsibility. So for me, uh, that's that's something that I am really working through in this season of my life, and and taking it down really granular to the way I'm talking about going to work, you know, to the way that I'm talking about, you know, what show I'm going to binge or what I'm going to read or how I'm going to spend my time. Um, Dude, it's powerful for men because it seems like sometimes a lot of dudes just become super passive and just choose a victim life without like, we would never say that we would never say that, mm -hmm. but like all our, our wives, friends were friends with their husbands and we wear what we're kind of told to wear. And we, you know, uh -huh. we, we kind of let mama yeah. choose everything. And as far as like where the kids are going to school, like we don't speak up not to have conflict, but in a sense, yes, to like bring a second opinion. Cause like, that's how we all grow is to have two people kind of yeah. coming together to, to do this. So when you, when you say this thing about take ownership, I think sometimes we can also go down that path of like that, that patriarch, powerful guy. When you're mm -hmm. saying ownership, you're talking about taking responsibility. And I love how you said it. Like this is the path to masculinity and manhood is taking responsibility and ownership for the sake of others. Is that where you would go with that? Yeah, I think very much so. Right. So, um, uh, this can happen a lot of ways, and this doesn't happen in a vacuum either. Like this does not ignore, you know. For me, I'm 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 very I'm active in a lot of very and activist circles and things like that, and I'm a believer in certain, you know, things that are happening systemically in the world and in injustices and stuff. Yeah. And so that doesn't doesn't negate that those things are happening. But there's this sense of where do I where am I starting out? Am I starting out as a victim or uh. what's happening? Taking ownership. So. Let's talk about, you know, men getting feedback. When you get feedback from someone, when you get feedback from a woman, you get feedback from your partner, you get feedback from your kids, right? Where's our, what's our first move? Is our first move to blame and, and, and give away responsibility? Well, I did this because you did that. Yeah. I did this because you didn't do the dishes or whatever. I'm, I'm not giving you whatever this is, right? Where do we start? Okay. Where do we say like, okay, how, what am I doing in this moment to choose this? And how do I reclaim my own ability to like make an impact and make a difference? And sometimes, yes, it's definitely for the sake of others. Right. So when we say when we're, we get feedback as men individually, collectively, you know, are we, are we ones to say, okay, how do we choose this moment and the situation that where we're in? Cause if we can claim, if one, once we, we take responsibility for it, right. It becomes much clearer as to how we begin to make, make amends um, to where we need to apologize, where we need to take ownership of ways that we've, we've, we've been wrong. So. Dude, it is hard to do the last couple of years. I've been in this, uh, this place of, you know, really, I should say the past couple of years, my life to go, okay. My initial response is if you give me some criticism, Mm -hmm. it's to be offended, right? Mm -hmm. Like to be offended. And so 
I mean, I could name a couple times in the last six months where I got to go back to my team and say, hey, you brought this up. And my initial response was like, roadblock. I don't hear mm. you. I apologize. Right. And it's like, I'm fine once the once the heatedness is going away, like I'll humbly come and apologize. But mm-hmm. what I, you know, what I'm working towards is that. And I can say, man, I actually had an experience last week where, I mean, I have this whole script written out and I brought it to two team members and they just ripped it apart. <laughs> and, and I was like, man, that wasn't yeah, what I was yeah. expecting. But at the same time, I don't want to just be surrounded by yes people. Like I want to be like the I want to, I want to be at my mm-hmm. best and, and create my, the best that yeah. I can, but dude, it's tough, man. It's tough. Mm-hmm. But I love that, yeah. that you're going like, yeah. if you want to have influence, you want to have impact. How many men are out there trying to do that in the world, but they haven't yet done that in their home. Like, how do I respond? We put ourselves in this position mm-hmm. where we don't have to hear the, like the real stuff. And you're saying that's mm-hmm. where the manhood and masculinity yeah. and fatherhood all starts. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, getting in and, 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 and putting in, and we, people always say like the work, like doing the work, you know, growth, you know, mental, emotional um, growth and work is only going to make you a better leader. It's going to make, you know, a, mm. a better father. It's going to make you uh, maybe the best word to say, it's going to make you more effective in the world to be a better listener, to be better in tune with what you're feeling in a moment, to be like, oh, wow, that feedback, that hurts. Wow, I'm feeling really, really wounded right now. And to have the skills to say, where does that wound come from? Ah, I know, like I'm really, really have a hard time with criticism because of the way that I was criticized as a young person. And oh, actually, it's not me that's hurting right now. It's actually like my eight-year-old self that was really wounded from criticism. Like, if you can have the skills to do that, all of a sudden, you know, you find yourself like you're in a great situation. Hey, oh my gosh, I felt this way. You're able to go back, make amends, and apologize. You took ownership. But how many people were just moving right past that, and we're we're just burning bridges along the way? Whether it's in our professional corporate world and life and management, leading other people, the better you can be in tune with yourself the better you can manage your own like reactions and, and emotions, right? It's going to make you just more effective in the world. Like we're talking about fatherhood a lot when like my kid, my eight-year-old had a just hell of a time this past year. We've had some just wild moments in our house of just emotional eruption, explosion. It's even gotten physical a lot. And so in those moments, my response to the, the situation is everything is everything. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we're trying to just manage, you know, it's often said that the, the toughest, you know, emotions to manage in a house are, are our own, right? But it's cast to start with me and my response is everything, right? And if, and if I'm not in tune with myself and my reactions and responses, it's only going to escalate. So and I and I and the the more work that it, that I do is I'm not 100% perfect all the time but I can see through the situation hey this is not about me. Mm. This is not this is not about my my own stuff but okay I'm feeling this right now I'm experiencing this right now let me stop and let me just allow that to pass through. I'm not ignoring it I'm not pushing away. I'm saying wow I'm really really pissed right now. I'm frustrated because of this and this and this. Allow myself to do that. And have that moment if I need to, then I can return to the situation. So being able to do those kinds of things is only going to make us more effective. And this is in fatherhood. This is in leadership, whatever. Yeah. Ryan. Oh, man, I love this stuff, man. It's so good. So I've been wrestling with this word better. Okay. Mm. I would always say like I'm every year I'm growing. I'm better this year than I was last year. And it's funny because my dad is my dad has pushed back like it's not about better. It's not about better. And we've had kind of like conversations Uh about it. But now I'm like kind of wanting to remove that word, but you use the word better, but Mm. then you paused and you went and said the word effective. I want to be more effective. And I go, so I'm kind of like sitting here thinking about that while you're talking, going, dude, more effective. Like, do you think that Mm. the word better comes from a victim mentality in a sense or that ah, maybe Mm -hmm. not? But yeah. but effective is like as a man, if I screw up today or I don't, you know, I don't respond how I want to to my wife or my kids, I go, man, I got to be better tomorrow. 
I got to be mm. better tomorrow. Like puts mm-hmm. this different pressure. But if we pause and go, man, I wasn't as effective as I would have liked to have been. You know, like yeah. I was kind of a dick to my kid. And then I had to come back and apologize for yeah. raising my voice so much. And so I beat myself up instead of making it about being effective. So I don't know if you have anything else, any thoughts from what I just said, but I just, I just wanted to point out that I loved how you moved from better to effective because as yeah. a man, that's what I want. I want to be effective in my home and in my relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Now. I think that that's really beautiful. I think one, it's always important to explore language and what's helpful. Mm. Right. So some, yeah. we might say one thing in one season of life, but we might learn that hey, actually, you know what, this way of saying it doesn't work for many more. Guess what? You can change that. You can find something else that works, that works yeah. more effectively. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can say whatever. <laughs> now sometimes, cause, and, and number two, yeah, I mean, sometimes better for me maybe has a, a really, a real linear feel to it. And we know that growth is not always linear. Right. It's sometimes maybe more of a web and um, it sometimes yeah. kind of works. And so I like the word effective. Um, what might be effective now might not be effective tomorrow. Right. But better always feels like it's kind of like this path to like something that's out there. This something that I think that we're obsessed a lot with, especially I think some of us from religious backgrounds is perfection. Yeah, that's um, a good point. That might yeah. be where it comes from a lot is this idea that, um, yes, I agree that the world has brokenness, but do I just view myself as a broken person all the time? Like that's not really a healthy mm. way to live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's right. And not just kind of where we come from, but a lot of major religions around the world, I think in general are really good at making people feel like crap, um, <laughs> uh, about, the, yeah. about themselves. Yeah. And so, um, wh- whatever that is and wherever we come from, but, but not just from, a lot of different places, right? And that's something to explore is some of our origin stories and what we were told about who we are, who are others, who is, what is the world and getting curious about those kinds of things and breaking those things down and having a place that can hold that and a space that can handle that. A lot of times people, you know, who are uh, coming out of those don't really, where can I talk about this where I'm not going to be like seen as the crazy person and kicked out or lose all my friends and whatever. And that's a, that's a different topic, but man, yeah. Do you, Take the word effective, use it, try it out. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm stoked. Man, I have just so enjoyed talking fatherhood, life, masculinity, manhood, yeah. all this stuff with you, man. It's so good. Um, yeah. And before I ask you my last question, you know, is there anything we didn't touch on? You know, as you think about daring to dad and your journey, mm-hmm. and is there anything else that as dads are listening right now that you go, man, I just, this is really key and really important for me and I want to share it with them? I mean, we touched on a lot of stuff, you know, but I just want to give that last little touch. Yeah. If there's anything we might've missed that's important. Yeah. I just always say this. um, You are like enough. Mm. You are enough for your kids. Okay. And um, because you are enough, do not be afraid like to ask for help. Do not be afraid to have a conversation with someone. Um, There are people out there who want to, um, hear you and your story and what's happening in your world. And, uh, it will, uh, be helpful for you. So if you're someone who's listening and you're like, and don't know where to go, feeling stuck, feeling lost, feeling like you're just a crazy person in a crazy world, you know, um, both of those things are true and you're not alone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we're all in there too. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just reach out. That's, that's, that's my thing is, is, uh, don't be afraid to do that. Yeah. Oh, I love it. We need, we need, we need each other. Yeah. We need each other. We need each other. Yes. Yeah. And that goes back to the first thing you said, you know, the wisdom of the elders is, is that is, Mm. we need each other, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's something that we know that wisdom of the elders is something that I think a lot of, we are missing a lot of, I think a lot of, I think much of the generation before us retired and went to the golf course instead of mentoring, instead of mentoring younger men. And I think we uh, have the opportunity to really reclaim this investment in one another. And instead of just, you know, retiring and, and taking off, investing in each other, younger people and, and making that 
the, um, a tradition and something that is um, of value. So uh, I, I think that's something that 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 we are we're, we're missing today that we need more of. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Mm. Man, so good, Ryan. All right, my yeah. last question, legacy question. So you got mm. a four and an eight year old. Imagine uh, thirty years from now, you're standing out in a <laughs> cul-de-sac, looking into the homes of your your kids. You know, you got a thirty-eight year old, thirty-four year old. They're kind of like a little bit below <laughs> where you are right now. When yeah. you look into their homes and you see them with maybe they're maybe they're married, maybe they have kids. What do you see that that your day in day out decisions as a as a father you see are being played out in that home? What is it you see? Mm. Um, I want them to I want them to be all in. Mm. I want them to remember dad being all in, um, all into um, this life, you know, this moment that we have, this breath that we have, uh, and this. Uh, pursuit of of joy mm. i think i think that's you know i when people that's one of my gifts to the world i feel like is is joy and that's something that i want to give to my kids i'm all tell in on me joy. about joy tell me about how do you go all in on joy is that a choice you go, uh you go in all in on it, it it is a choice um it's different than happiness you know, mm-hmm. I think that's always a big distinction. There's a difference between joy and happiness. What's the I think true true joy comes, um, you know, someone that I, I respect and have been listening to for 20 years, a guy named Rob Bell, maybe familiar with Rob Bell. Yeah, I love um, stuff. Yeah, so I was recently listening to Rob. He talks about joy that's on the other side of the pain. Mm-hmm. Joy that's on the other side, right? When you, um, you know, you feel it when like you've met someone who's like been through some stuff yeah, and yet, and yet there is something in them that just like shimmers and shines. There is something that is untouched. Right. And it's this um, grounding right in, in life. And I think joy is on the other side of sorrow. It's on the other side of pain. It's on the other side of walking through our stuff. And I don't know if you get that on, on, on the front side of that. I think you have to be able to walk through some of that. You have to be able to walk through the difficult things in life to find joy, but it's there, right? So that almost comes from this whole conversation we've had Mm-hmm. Is if you want to experience joy, you have to take responsibility and not be a victim mm-hmm. to the sufferings that are just going to happen in this life. Yeah. If it's always somebody mm-hmm. else's problem, somebody else's fault. Then you're almost like, this is all stealing my happiness. When if you mm-hmm. embraced it and took responsibility and ownership of it, then on the other side, you would experience joy. Absolutely. That's a, it's a great point. Absolutely. So yeah, so that's that's joy for me. It's yeah. this sense of um, it's a really it's a real sense of gratitude. Um, uh, it's all it's all wrapped up in that, but it's on the other side. Uh, man, Ryan, this has been so incredible. Um, thank you for Agreed. your time. Thank you for sharing your field notes and your life with us. And do just keep being yourself. Uh, loving your kids, loving your spouse and sharing that with the world so that other dudes can grow in who they were designed to be, man. Appreciate what you're doing. Thanks for having me on. It's really good to connect with you. Yeah, man. If anybody wants to learn more about you and daring to dad, where would they find you? Where do they find your stuff? Uh, yeah, I'm gosh, I'm probably on Instagram way too much, but you definitely find me there. Daring to dad at daring to dad.com. Hit me up, send me a message. Love to chat. All right. Love it. Well, if any of this resonated with you and you want to talk more with Ryan, then make sure to reach out and we'll talk to you next time. Well, there we go. Another incredible conversation. You know, I've taken that idea that he shared the story with his son coming and asking him to play and him saying, I'm choosing work and really diving deeper into that. Something I've been wrestling with this past week, been teaching it to those around me, talk to my kids about it, talk to my team about it. I think that's really critical is when you gain some piece of knowledge, some piece of information that really is like, 
hitting your heart, hitting your soul, hitting your mind, it's important to share it and then go teach it to somebody else because then it helps you, like as you explain it verbally out loud, it helps you better understand what it means to you. So I'd encourage you, if there's things that stick out to you, go share it with somebody, talk to somebody about it because then you will learn it as you say it. All right, hey, thank you to all you dads out there listening to Rebellion Creates Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. What you do truly matters. Don't be like everybody else, be yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide, Ned. Shout together, let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in mastering the craft of fatherhood. And if you haven't already, please take a minute, write a quick review. Hit those uh, like buttons so that it can help spread the word that fatherhood matters. And if you're not following us on Instagram, go check out at rebelandcreate.com so you can kind of stay in tune with all the podcasts and great guests that we have. Look forward to talking to you next time. 